0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the FAST podcast series. My name is Steven Roach and I'll be your host. This podcast series is brought to you by the Farmed Animal Antimicrobial Stewardship Initiative, or FAST for short. FAST is really all about providing farmed animal owners and veterinarians with the news, tools, and resources they need to address antimicrobial resistance in the field. Now this podcast series is all about showcasing conversations with veterinarians that worked with farmed animals in some way. In each episode, we discuss how antimicrobial resistance impacts them, what antimicrobial stewardship looks like in daily practice, or with their specific lens, and their views on challenges and the potential solutions to reducing our reliance on antimicrobials moving forward. This episode features conversations between myself, my colleague Dr. Dan Schock, and the Dean of the Ontario Veterinary College, Dr. Jeff Wichtel. Our conversations not only focus on what antimicrobial resistance and stewardship mean and look like to him, but also how do we educate the next generation of veterinarians to be stewards of antimicrobials moving forward. And so with that introduction, let's get into it. Jeff, we wanted to chat with you today a little bit about, you know, sort of antibiotic resistance and some of the coming changes that we're seeing here in Ontario and Canada more broadly Mm -hmm. and what that means for veterinarians and producers right across all species and commodities. Uh, And so, you know, obviously being the Dean of OVC, we thought it'd be interesting to have uh, or to hear a little bit about what your perspectives are on this issue and, and maybe just in kind of keeping with that theme, we'd like to ask you, you know, what's your perspective? How do you see any resistance affecting the practice of veterinary medicine mm-hmm. moving forward?
1: Great. Well, I'm certainly uh, happy to, to answer that. Um, I think here at the veterinary college and the profession more generally, uh, I think there's been a gradual evolution. We've always known that veterinarians are important uh, in our uh, system for protecting food safety, uh, protecting human health, as well as animal health. Uh, but with uh, these regulations that are coming in on antimicrobial resistance, I think from most veterinarians' point of view, they're welcomed, um, to some degree expected, because you know people have observed in countries elsewhere in the world that uh, people are being a little ahead of us and a little more proactive, so it's timely. Uh, and I think it fits very much in uh, the way we teach our students now, which is a One Health approach, uh, where the things that we do, the way we care for animals and with the way we partner with with uh, with our producers, uh, we have to have in mind both human and environmental health as well as the animal's mm-hmm. well-being. Um, so I don't really see this as a dramatic change in veterinary practice, but really a strengthening of the veterinarian's role, uh, that central role that they have in food safety and human and environmental health as well as into the health and welfare uh, of animals. And uh, I think it, it will only strengthen the individual relationships we have with with producers uh, as we have to work with them more closely uh, and the, the decisions uh, have to be weighed carefully every time we use an antibiotic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah and I like that I mean the nature of the relationship is going to have to change, mm-hmm. right, and, and strengthen and tighten. And so I think that's really important and, and really sort of blends into the, the next big thing that we are trying to spend a lot of it, uh, time talking about in the FAST initiative is, you know, what does antimicrobial stewardship look like? And I wonder if you might sort of impart your thoughts mm-hmm. to, uh, to us and veterinarians on, mm-hmm. on what that means.
1: Yeah, well, we've certainly reflected on this a lot. I think we all are aware of the situation we have and that we have a limited number of antimicrobials. And the, uh, the likelihood of a large number of new classes of drugs coming onto the market uh, is, is small. They will come, but uh, the cost for a pharma to produce new classes of drugs uh, can be prohibitive. Uh, so uh, we do have to steward the ones that we have. And to me, this is just another example of a, a culture change that we need to, to be part of and embrace. Uh, Nobody likes change, uh, and uh, for both farmers and veterinarians, it's going to be a change. Uh, But it's really kind of a mindfulness. I mean, I think we know... Uh, I think we know the importance of uh, using antimicrobials in a responsible way mm-hmm. and in a targeted way, uh, and we know uh, that, uh, or we, we think in all likelihood, uh, that uh, there are situations where we have contributed to antimicrobial resistance that can affect both animal and human health. So uh, I think the will is there. I think there's a, from what I see... Amongst our students, our alumni, veterinarians, and from producers I interact with, there's a huge amount of goodwill to, to make good on this promise to, to do a better job of stewardship. So it's a culture change, but I don't know that it's going to be perhaps as scary as what it has seemed uh, in, the, in the year or so leading up to this change. I think we're already getting our head around it. Uh, and uh, that, you know, we, it will be a careful weighing. Uh, when we uh, of a careful decision process that we employ when we use antimicrobials uh, we've just uh, perhaps at times historically have have uh, not put that degree of thought into it and the science into it that you know, we know we, uh, we know we need to do now
0: yeah 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 no I think that that's a really mm-hmm. good uh, answer and I mean Dan I'm throwing you on the spot here but as a <coughs> practitioner what is what does that look like from from your perspective I mean you've been in the field Seeing some of this evolution and certainly being aware of of how the changes are coming, what does stewardship look like for you in practice and for those listening that might be in practice and having to employ these principles moving forward? Well, one of the things that comes to my mind is stewardship. I mean, the
2: five R's that uh, John Prescott and a lot of the other experts have, have developed. And so responsibility, reduction, refinement, replacement, and review and for me, stewardship really revolves around that review con- uh, concept, right? So I've been qual- qualified for 10 years. And when I started even, that was 2008, uh, this wasn't really even much of a topic uh, in practice and on a practical level. But now it's getting on people's, uh, people's minds and people are having conversations with us uh, around that. So I think we really have to start driving that review aspect of stewardship because that's really central to how we're going to get to that reduction, right? So we can't make meaningful reductions if we don't know the state of the union as it is right now. So for me, if we can figure out a way to uh, be proactive and start reviewing and have an idea of how all these antimicrobials that we're prescribing, dispensing are being used, then I think stewardship flows from that, all the principles associated with stewardship.
0: Mm -hmm. No, that's great. I mean, speaking about some of the motivation and getting that sort of forward momentum, mm-hmm. being proactive, uh, I mean, we're certainly looking to the, to the next generation of, of uh, veterinarians to em- really embody and embrace these principles moving forward. And, and Jeff, maybe you can tell us a little bit about what, you know, the college's role as an educator is in, in preparing veterinarians to sort of engage in this discussion with their clients and, and also to, like I said, embrace these principles, mm-hmm. actually practice them in the field.
1: Yeah. Well, we're, we're certainly working hard. Uh, you know, I think uh, each of our instructors that uh, teach students around food animal production and health uh, are cognizant of what's coming down the tracks for, for veterinarians and their uh, produ- producer clients. Uh, and I think uh, in many ways uh, it, it's an evolving process. So I, to say that we've had. Uh, Significant curricular changes to reflect this I think would be overstating it, but I think in every opportunity where we would teach uh, students uh, on antimicrobial use and therapies for different diseases uh, we're having to modify uh, mm-hmm. the materials that we're, we're producing uh, and give them a bit of a concept for how they can make that decision uh, in, in a reasonable and responsible way. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, in some cases where antimicrobials were used for growth promotion, and we have taught that as a standard of practice for decades, uh, we're going to have to revise that Right. Uh, and uh, caution our students why that is. And uh, uh, I think it... it it provides an exciting platform to talk about other ways in which we can promote the health and welfare and production of, of herds and flocks. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we know that uh, in, in some cases uh, we have perhaps used antimicrobials as a crutch, you know, for uh, uh, situations where disease challenges occur. Uh, But perhaps there are, you know, perhaps more complex but very reasonable management steps or different ways we could do things to enhance and perhaps reduce the need for antimicrobials. So that's a great teaching opportunity with our students Mm -hmm. is to let them think a little bit uh, about how things could be done differently in a particular case, a particular herd, uh, to reduce the need for antimicrobials, whether it be mastitis treatment or whether it be a feedlot situation or a a pen of hogs, you know. Uh, they're, They're great teachable cases for us.
0: Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. Do you see further evolution coming with respect to the curriculum or even sort of the the complement of faculty that that Mm -hmm. are here doing research in that kind of area? It's another element, Mm -hmm. of course, that the college is intimately involved in. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, we'll see evolution in both of those things. Um, Right now, we have a number of different positions we're hiring into at the college, which uh, have what we'd say a one health flavor. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, we're certainly expecting those individuals to take a lead. Uh, in antimicrobial stewardship and also in antimicrobial uh, stewardship research. Uh, When I say research, we're talking uh, a variety of different things, some of which Dan just mentioned in terms of uh, how do we monitor and surveil antimicrobial use uh, and how do we show that we're making progress. Uh, That's an important question we haven't yet answered for Canada. Uh, But also on some of the other things I was talking about like alternatives, management or therapeutic alternatives to antimicrobials. Uh, that can help producers transition from this world of per- perhaps um, some might say overuse to, uh, to a responsible use. Yeah.
0: No, that's great. Any mm. comments, Dan? For, uh, having gone through the curriculum, obviously a little bit of uh, time has mm. passed since then, but again, you know, being involved in the research aspect of things too, what does that mean to you to, to sort of hear Jeff talking about sort of where the evolution of the DVM curriculum is moving in, in from an Ontario perspective?
2: I think it's great because oh, this is just my bias maybe from when I was educated. There wasn't a lot. I mean, I mean, we really had to focus on you know here are the bugs, here are the drugs that we use, uh, but not maybe not so much as to how these these drugs are applied and how they should be applied and that sort of thing. So in a, in a in the climate that we're in right now, and I think that's fairly common among all vet schools. So uh, vets graduating vets would have to. Pick that up from whatever clinic they just so happen to have as their first job. So, any evolution would be a great step for a lot of the young vets, and they and they can bring whatever they learn at the college mm-hmm. into their new practice when they've got a bunch of older I don't, older vets like me. I want <laughs> that might be a little bit recalcitrant or maybe maybe uh, not as not as uh, uh, um, up to date with some of their treatment modalities.
0: So. Mm-hmm well and hopefully all of this I mean half of this I think is about starting the conversation right mm-hmm. uh, the conversation between practice mates b- between producer and and, uh, uh, and their clients and I think uh, you know we see some of the, the changes that are coming you know the really the, the big focus on the veterinary client patient relationship and the nuances of that and you know being sort of content creators uh, for the FAST initiative, working on some of these things, realizing the difference in species and commodities that, that come out, especially when you start to talk about some of the more unique commodities, aquaculture, for example, apiculture, mm-hmm. these things that require another level of education and, and, and sort of information. Um, Jeff, I'm sort of interested, you know, we've talked a little bit about some of the specific changes, you know, the no growth promotion uh, claims, for example, um, or in terms of access, you know, prescription only uh, of the medically important antimicrobials. Uh, What's your sense for how this impact, this is going to impact sort of the the use and access of antimicrobials in in Mm -hmm. Ontario for both producers and veterinarians? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I won't pretend to say it's not going to be an interesting transition. It it is going to be um, for those producers that already have a strong relationship with their veterinarian. uh, I don't know that it's going to be a a huge shift, but there are, as we know, for geographical reasons or other reasons, um, many producers who don't have a a regular or strong relationship with a veterinarian, they're going to have to develop one. Right. Of course, you know. I'm a little bit biased, but I I would say that's a good thing, both for veterinarians and for producers, and I think for the consumer it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think all consumers would uh, would think it's a good thing that that every food producing uh, uh, operation uh, in Ontario and Canada has some veterinary oversight, and um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. There are some logistics that we still haven't worked out, mm-hmm. and I'm you know I do hear that uh, for instance. Uh, uh, beef producers in northern Ontario are, are quite uncertain about this. How are they going to uh, get these scripts written for uh, when when they have issues, especially uh, you know outbreaks of disease uh, that occur rapidly? You mm. know? Uh, um, but I, I'm sure we'll we will work this out and uh, you know be able to. We certainly are not going to uh, countenance uh, animal suffering in any way or not uh, getting treatment. So where there's a will, there's always a way. Uh, and um, I think uh, we're getting well down the road here now to to figuring out logistics for for uh, for getting that relationship working well.
0: No, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. oh, I yeah, certainly agree. There's mm-hmm. a, there's been a lot of discussion yeah, about it does that. Does come up a lot, Yeah. yeah. yeah, for sure. yeah. yeah. And, and maybe just sort of going a little bit further on that, do you see, you know, from your sense, what are the biggest obstacles we face maybe as a profession, as an industry mm-hmm. with respect to stewardship? You know, where, mm-hmm. where we are today and where we might need to get, you know, what do you see mm-hmm. as some of those fundamental obstacles we need to mm-hmm. break down? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, um, you know, I think most people
1: look at these changes as uh, bringing uh, perhaps extra work and uh, extra time and extra bureaucracy, perhaps, and... Uh, so there's going to be a little bit of a pushback on that because everybody's busy, both the producer and the veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point, we do need uh, some kind of a system to record, uh, whether it be an electronic prescriptions or some sort of database. And, uh, so these things are all going to be a little part of that change. Um, but in the end, at least the conversations I've seen is, as I said before, there's just a lot of goodwill. People know this is the right thing to do. They know that it has to be done, and I think people in the end will will embrace it. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I think you know we don't have all the technical solutions quite yet, uh, but uh, but we're getting there. Mm-hmm. And, and You know, I think it's. Uh, as John Prescott told me this this morning, he said we're in uh, Act One of a five act play. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that <laughs> yeah. sounds like John. He <laughs> like So,
1: uh, so, uh, so John, as everyone knows, you know, is, is a pioneer in antimicrobial resistance research. So, uh, and as you say, he's he's very eloquent. Uh, so I think, you know, being the problem solvers that we are as veterinarians, we th- we want to solve all the problems now. But the fact is that it won't be a perfect solution come the end of this year, uh, and it's going to be an evolution over the next few years. But we know where we're going. We have examples of countries overseas uh, that have done uh, really quite well. Uh, Not all—they're not perfect either. Uh, But we have, uh, and we know we have a difficult country to manage. It's a geographically disparate country with a lot of different producer types, a lot of different environments, uh, a real uh, you know veterinary black holes. Uh, but that, uh, but nonetheless, we we will find the solutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think in a few years we'll wonder why we were worrying about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it wouldn't yeah. be the first time we've had that mm-hmm. reaction. Yeah. and then, yeah. You know, exactly. thought back in hindsight. Yeah. Exactly. So maybe to to round things out, Jeff, I wonder. Uh, you know, I like to ask sort of the, the <clears throat> looking at things from a thousand meters up. Well, what philosophically, philosophically, what is antimicrobial use in farm animals look like in the future you know you mm-hmm. mentioned that we've got a few templates from other mm-hmm. uh, other jurisdictions or other countries overseas you know maybe is, the, is that the road we need to to walk down or is there an alternative you know from your standpoint what does mm-hmm. what does that mm-hmm. use really look like for us mm-hmm.
1: well there's mm-hmm. no alternative i think uh, you know uh, we you know, I guess we have climate science deniers. I guess we could have antimicrobial resistance <laughs> deniers. Yeah. But I don't think anybody really counted that there isn't a problem here. Yeah. Um, so a future with, uh, with more responsible use of antimicrobials will happen. Um, what will happen along with that, which, uh, which I see as only positive, uh, is that um, veterinarians and producers... And researchers are going to have to take a more holistic view to how animals are managed, and uh, that will only result in stronger management practices, innovations, uh, whether they be uh, on around uh, the way we manage nutrition, whether we select genetically for 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 uh, stronger immune systems, mm-hmm. whether we you know have different stocking rates, where we, you know, different, just different management systems that are going to reduce disease challenge. These are all things we should have been doing anyway. Right. Uh, so it just provides a platform for a conversation with producers uh, and with our students as well. As I said before, it's an interesting challenge for them to think of different ways mm-hmm. in which things can be done where the disease challenges are less and therefore there's less need for antimicrobials. And I think that can only be a positive thing uh, both for, for the life of animals but also for the brand Canada, which you know we very much see ourselves as an agricultural trading nation. It's very important that we be top of class in terms of our management practices, and in our innovation, and our ability to uh, to talk about a secure food system, uh, so this all feeds into that, and uh, so I think it's it, in the end it's going to be seen as a real win win for everybody.
0: Oh, that's great! Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, thanks very much, Jeff, for mm-hmm. taking yeah, the thanks, time, and that was for awesome. getting inside your head a little yeah. bit on this issue, and, and sure. hearing the insights from the college. We appreciate your time mm-hmm. and your yeah. feedback.
1: Well, thank you for for coming by. It's uh, I've enjoyed it. Yeah,
0: that was great. All right. Hi again, everyone. Thanks for listening to the episode today. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Remember to keep checking back with us as we're going to continue putting up new podcasts on this issue. And we're also working on other tools and resources for both veterinarians and farmed animal owners, all focused around antimicrobial resistance and the practice of antimicrobial stewardship. You can find all of these tools and resources at www.amstewardship.ca. FAST is a collaborative initiative between the Ontario Veterinary Medical Association, Acer Consulting, government, academic, and industry partners. And its mission is to improve antimicrobial stewardship in farmed animals, prepare farmed animal owners and their veterinarians for upcoming policy and regulatory changes, and to ultimately preserve the efficacy of antimicrobials without compromising animal health or food safety. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.